are entering the Freedom Hut. President Trump's victory lap continues while Democrats are licking their wounds over Russia collusion. But are we going to have the reckoning that we should when we get the answers about this attempted coup and hold people responsible? Plus, Jussie Smollett walks free? You have got to be kidding me. We'll break down the latest from this hoaxer coming up on The Buck Sexton Show. This is The Buck Sexton Show, where the mission mission is to decode what really matters with actionable intelligence. One small thing. Make no mistake. America. Great. You're a great American. Again. The Buck Sexton Show begins. Activate. Former CIA analyst. Former member of the NYPD. He's a great guy. It is Buck Sexton. Now. It's lasted a long time. We're glad it's over. It's uh, 100% the way it should have been. I wish it could have gone a lot sooner, a lot quicker. Uh, There are a lot of people out there that have done some very, very evil things, very bad things. I would say treasonous things uh, against our country. And uh, hopefully that people that have done such harm to our country, we've gone through a period of... Uh, really bad things happening. Uh, Those people will certainly be looked at. I've been looking at them for a long time, and I'm saying, why haven't they been looked at? They lied to Congress. Many of them, you know who they are. Uh, They've done so many evil things. Uh, I will tell you, I love this country. I love this country as much as I can love anything. My family, my country, my God. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show. President Trump with a little bit of righteous indignation there after the ordeal he was put through for the last two years by power-mad and crazed Democrats, a media apparatus that just covered itself in dishonor. And now we should be finding out whether there's going to be consequences for all of this. Now we have to start getting answers. Of course, Democrats are running around acting like they're the ones that are the truth seekers here, that they're the ones that are trying to get to the bottom of it. We all know that that's nonsense. That's not true. But uh, Jerry Nadler, for example, in the Congress, he's still sticking to the script. Play four. The attorney general's comments make it clear that Congress must step in to get the truth and provide full transparency to the American people. The president has not been exonerated by the special counsel, yet the attorney general has decided not to go further or apparently to share those findings with the public. We cannot simply rely on what may be a hasty, partisan interpretation of the facts. Earlier this month, the House passed a resolution calling for full and complete release of the special counsel's report by a vote of 420 to nothing. We now call on the Attorney General to honor that request, to release the report and the underlying evidence, and to appear before the Judiciary Committee to answer our questions without delay. So let's just be clear about this. The idea that it was a hasty letter from Barr, this was an initial complaint that you heard from Democrats, and it's not true. Barr knew about Mueller's findings three weeks ago, And I spent the last three weeks going over the report in detail, going over all the information. And Rosenstein, who was there for the entirety of the special counsel overseeing it, signed off. So that was just a talking point that was necessary for them as they were scrambling for as the Democrats were scrambling for something. That was what they did. That was the talking point that they put forward. It wasn't true at all. 
but they don't really care much about that. They just wanted to buy themselves some time. Um, you look at the biggest contributors to this hoax, hosts at CNN and MSNBC, the newsroom of the New York Times, the Washington Post, congressmen like Swalwell, Schiff, Mark Warner of Virginia, astonishingly irresponsible on the Russia collusion issue. Will any of them face any consequences? Kellyanne Conway, White House senior counselor, she says, well, you know, how, I got an idea. How about some of them actually resign for being such a bunch of big, fat, dumb liars? Play six. You have Adam Schiff. He believes that the scandal was of a size and a scope probably bigger than Watergate and that there's plenty of evidence of collusion. He ought to resign today. He's been on every TV show 50 times a day for practically the last two years, promising Americans that this president would either be impeached or indicted. I promise you, unfortunately, none of the Democrats are going to resign. In fact, I bet that they have become more well-known or more liked in their districts because they're in Democrat, far-left Democrat districts. And they have great contacts now on cable news. And this was all a win for them. Let's not make any mistake about it. For most members of the media and most Democrats in Congress who went at the president hard on this, even though they're liars, even though they were wrong, they benefited and will continue to benefit. The only way that doesn't happen is if Republicans decide to fight back, to investigate the investigators to demand accountability for what was done here. Devin Nunes certainly understands the stakes and what's involved and that there needs to be a house cleaning of deep staters at places like DOJ and the FBI who had a hand in all of this. Play three. Let's not forget, it is likely that this investigation started in late 2015, but for sure by early 2016, by Clinton operatives and likely people at the highest levels of the FBI and Department of Justice. Let that sink in a second. Our counterintelligence capabilities in this country were turned against a political party. The American people should be ticked at this. And thank God we finally have an attorney general. We finally have the grown-ups back in charge to get the Department of Justice back on its feet and clean out these dirty cops. Either there's going to be justice served on the people who perpetuated this hope for three and a half, four years. Or if there's not, you are going to have generations of Republicans and conservatives in this country who will not trust the Department of Justice or the FBI. I mean, that's basically the choice. Why would anyone who's paying attention trust the Department of Justice or the FBI on politically sensitive investigations at this point? How can we think that there's going to be equal justice for Republicans and for Democrats. Look at just the conduct of the investigators during the Hillary Clinton email case versus what the special counsel, the Mueller probe, did. There was an obvious effort to try and get as, rack up as many process crimes, as many prosecutions as possible of anybody associated with Trump. And there was clearly a desire on the part of the FBI not only to avoid any prosecution of Hillary Clinton and her top aides for what they did, but to make sure that they weren't put under too much duress or pressure along 
the way. We cannot have a two-tiered justice system in this country for Democrats and Republicans. We cannot have a separation of justice expected for those on the left and those on the right, but that is increasingly what we are faced with. If people of goodwill and good faith lose their trust in the DOJ, in the FBI, we are heading down a very dark path. Because the real threat of authoritarianism isn't from some external invading force. It comes from within. The real threat to your liberties and your way of life is from within this country. It's not external. It's not going to be external anytime soon. But when you have one political party that thinks that it should be able to use the prosecutor's powers and use the investigative authorities of the federal government to go after their political enemies in pure revenge seeking, which is all this whole thing was. Hillary should have won, not Trump. Anything to destroy Trump. That's what was motivating this. And people bought into it. It was a mass hysteria. They lost their bearings. You could say they lost their marbles, perhaps. And they haven't learned a lesson at all. Some are doubling down. Some are pretending like it didn't happen. Very, very few are showing any contrition whatsoever. And that's just a reminder that if they can do this again, my friends, if they can create some story, create some you know, massive scandal that benefits them politically, even if it's all based on lies, they'll do it. And they won't think twice about it. They have not changed their approach. I think it's very important that we all recognize that. There is the only thing that Democrats are sad about this week is that their coup failed. The loss of face, the loss of integrity, the loss of decency, all that stuff. They just view that as the cost of doing business. They're true believers. Trump is a threat not just to the policies they like, but the way they see themselves. Their view of themselves in the world around them. That is something they cannot abide. That is something they will not accept. And they view the only reasonable approach to Trump as the completely unreasonable desire to weaponize apparatuses of the federal government that once you know once you turn that on once you flip that switch you can't go back you know once it it turns into a game of political gotcha at the FBI and the DOJ where does that stop but you just think back to what they've tried with all these other republicans this was a long time in coming the nightmare that they put Donald Trump and his family and his White House and his supporters through for the last two years. This is just a continuation of what's already there. The trumped up charges against uh, Rick Perry in Texas. Remember? Oh, they're going to bring felony charges against Rick Perry. The John Doe investigations, all, all an effort to take down Scott Walker in Wisconsin by a left-wing power-mad prosecutor. Trying to take down Chris Christie for Bridgegate. Trying to, trying to not just send away Bob McDonald in Virginia for, I think it was 11 years, but his wife for accepting gifts. She wasn't even a public official. The Supreme Court had to strike it down and say, what are you doing? The wife isn't, isn't a corrupt public official. You're going you're gonna to send her to jail too? Disgusting. 
all of these politically motivated. Now, Ted Stevens, federal prosecutors hid exculpatory evidence so that Senator Ted Stevens would lose a Senate seat that, by the way, was necessary for the passage of Obamacare. This is how they've been playing the game for years. It's just now they did it all in against Trump and they failed. God bless this president for his endurance. I have to tell you, it's amazing what he what he is dealing with, what he's been put through. He is he almost has superhuman powers of endurance and 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 just psychological grit to be to go through all this. And people were wildly reporting on how his son was going to go to prison, maybe Ivanka was going to go to prison. Gleefully reporting on that. I will tell you this, we will not forget. I will not forget and you will not forget. We are in an ideological war with the Democrat Party and with the mainstream media. They do not play by any rules. They do not seek good faith. They do not seek converts. They do not want agreement. They just want submission. I say no, and I say we should fight back too. The Jussie Smollett situation is jaw-dropping right now. I will give you the details of it when we come back. First of all, I want to thank my family, my friends, the incredible people of Chicago and all over the country and the world who have prayed for me, who have supported me, who've shown me so much love. No one will ever know how much that has meant to me, and I will forever be grateful. I want you to know that not for a moment was it in vain. I've been truthful and consistent on every single level since day one. I would not be my mother's son if I was capable of one drop of what I've been accused of. This has been an incredibly difficult time, honestly one of the worst of my entire life. But I'm a man of faith and I'm a man that has knowledge of my history and I would not bring my family, our lives or the movement through a fire like this. I just wouldn't. So I want to thank my legal counsel from the bottom of my heart. And I would also like to thank the state of Illinois for attempting to do what's right. Now, I'd like nothing more. Okay, I can't, I can't take it. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. All right, so here's what happened. I mean, Jesse Smollett is a pathological liar. Start with that. Uh, he is now claiming some kind of vindication because the state's attorney, in a move that has everybody furious, pulled all of the felony charges against him and let him walk. Not only did, did the state's attorney decide to pull the felony charge, did not inform the Chicago PD beforehand, did it while they had their induction ceremony for new recruits going on so that they wouldn't be able to quickly respond or know what's happening. And the judge in the case immediately sealed it, sealed all evidence, so you'll never get to see what the evidence was. They are keeping the bond that he paid, I think it was $10,000, and made some weird comment about how he has to do, he's going to do more community service. And they said he, he's not vindicated by this. You know, they're not exonerating him. I mean, they, they made that clear. Uh, but this is the double standard of justice, my friends. This guy could not be more obviously guilty. If there is such a thing as filing a false report, Jussie Smollett is guilty of it. He wasted countless man hours, lots of Chicago PD resources, a city with a major homicide problem, all as part of this vanity me, me, me project. 
He defamed Trump supporters all across the country, and he will not be held to account at all. Why? Because the prosecutor is friends with him, likes him, thinks he suffered enough. This, my friend, starts to get very close to what you could call political nullification, whereby if someone is a really important Democrat, oh, you mean like Hillary Clinton? He or she just will not face the full brunt of the justice system. In fact, in this case, will not face anything from the justice system. This is an abject, grotesque failure of the Chicago, or in this case, the Northern District of Illinois uh, State's Attorney's Office. Um, or I guess, no, that's the federal attorney, whatever. The point is, it's, Chicago, it's the state's attorney for Illinois. And it's an embarrassment. What's amazing to me that there are some lib journals who are, see, Jussie's innocent because they dropped the charges. Are those people morons? They probably think OJ's innocent too. They dropped the charges against Jussie because they think that he wasn't going to get that much time. This is what one of the lawyers involved said. And they sealed the whole thing up and tried to make it go away. And they're just hoping to, to ride out the news cycle now. Some people are pretty, on, pretty upset about this, thankfully. Um, Chicago Police Department Superintendent Eddie Johnson, play 23. I'm sorry, 25. But again, at the end of the day... It's Mr. Smollett who committed this 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 hoax. Period. If he wanted to clear his name, the way to do that was in a court of law so that everyone could see the evidence. You all know what the bond yeah, prophecy. We all we all know. We all know what he said. We all know what he said. So yeah. you know So look, it, it's still a hoax. We were right, but we're also right that there's a two tier justice system, one for protected left wing Democrats and one for everybody else. Jussie Smollett, protected. You know, he's got connections into the Obamas, got connections to the Democrat Party. They, they like Jussie, so he doesn't get in trouble for this whole thing. But just there, here's the real intelligence test. Anyone who looks at what happened today and thinks that maybe Jussie was was actually telling the truth, given that we have his co-conspirators on video and their confessions and the check, that person is not smart. So just remember that it's a great intelligence test. Anyone who doesn't think that Jussie committed a hoax is not very bright. We'll be right back. But I do think we will see Smollett get back to work uh, because the, the narrative has once again changed from victim uh, you know, to villain, back to victim. It's been very confusing. As, as Ryan was saying, uh, people don't know what to believe and we may never really know what happened on the street that night in Chicago. Uh, but for his fans, for his friends, this is a triumphant moment uh, that he can now get back to what he wants to do, which is work. This is why people hate the media. Because the people like Brian Seltzer, like, he just, you know, back to victim. His fans. Right, Brian, are you a complete imbecile? It's, it's a fair question to ask. No one thinks, not even the people that dropped the charges against him, think that he is even a little bit not guilty. Forget about innocent. I mean, th this is as open and shut a case. <laughs> they have video of the two guys who attacked him buying the stuff they attacked him with. There's a check that he wrote to them for the attack. I mean, he said that there were two white MAGA hat wearing supporters who yelled, this is MAGA country. And now we're, we're to believe that the Nigerian, the two Nigerian brothers who are clearly not white, just attacked him on the street and it was freezing late at night in Chicago. What?
and he didn't know right away that it was them? Think about that for a moment. He didn't know that it was these guys that attacked him? Why would they attack him? What? I mean, it's you, you don't even want to go through the analysis here because it's so stupid. And anyone who believes that Jesse Small, I had some guy today coming after me on Twitter who claims to be an, an, an innocence expert for people that are wrongfully convicted. And he's, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, is this a hoax or not? Just answer the question. The guy won't answer the question. Kept asking, is this a hoax? Oh, I know a lot about this. I have a, I have a JD. And blah, blah, blah. Okay, is this a hoax or not? Because if you think this is not a hoax, you're not very smart. It could not be more obvious this is a hoax. There were lib journos for a moment today who, once again, the theme, they never learn the lesson. They never figure out why they were wrong. They don't care why they were wrong because they think they were wrong for the right reasons. But there were lib journals today who were celebrating this. Like, this is a victory for those who believe Jussie all along. So they were wrong in the beginning. We all know that they're wrong. And now they're going to be wrong on this issue again. They're that dense. I, I will say it, it raises some serious questions about, you know, does the profession of journalism just need not only more ethical, but just smarter people? Does it just need more intelligent people? Um, thankfully, there were some out there who weren't going to have any of this nonsense, not on, not on their watch. Uh, Sh- Chicago PD Superintendent Eddie Johnson, who has seemed like a total professional this whole time. Here's what he said about the decision to withdraw all charges while the PD is having its uh, new recruit ceremony, sealing the evidence so that nobody can see what the evidence was, a judge doing it right away. I mean, this is as clear of a whitewash cover-up setup as you could ever see in a court. It It is a complete slap in the face to the justice system. And... Here's what Eddie Johnson had to say about it. Play 23. I'm sure we all know what what occurred this morning. Uh, My personal opinion is that you all know where I stand on this. Um, Do I think justice was served? No. Where do I think justice is? I think this city is still old in apology. And, And let me digress for a moment. When I came on this job, I've been a cop now for about 31 years. When I came on this job, I came on with my honor, my integrity, and my reputation. If someone accused me of doing anything that would circumvent that, then I would want my day in court, period, to clear my name. That's now not what Jesse Smollett is doing. He's, he's running around claiming that he has been telling the truth all along. Jesse Smollett is a a shockingly, disgustingly dishonest person. And yet he now has supporters. I see that they're they're saying that his career is going to be on the rebound. And that's right. He was he's family friends with or close to a very senior Obama White House official. And apparently in Chicago, that's all you need to get the very, very special treatment. I mean, this isn't. This isn't getting the benefit of the doubt. I mean, this is like royal family level stuff. This is crazy. This is an embarrassment to the justice system. And the fact that this state's attorney would do this 
just goes to show you how corrupt and political the Democrat Chicago machine really is. Although Rahm Emanuel, because he's on the way out, so you got to remember that. Rahm Emanuel's packing up his office like I think this week. I mean, he's he's basically out of there. He did have some decent words to say on this. Play 26. Did this all in the name of self-promotion. And he used the laws of the hate crime legislation that all of us collectively over years have put on the books to stand up to be the values that embody what we believe in. This is a whitewash of justice. A grand jury could not have been clearer. You cannot have, because of a person's position, one set of rules apply to them, and another set of rules apply to everybody else. In another way, you're seeing this play out in the universities, where people pay extra to get their kids a special position in universities. Now you have a person, because of their position and background, who's getting treated in a way that nobody else would ever get close to this type of treatment. This is without a doubt a whitewash of justice and sends a clear message that if you're in a position of influence and power, you'll get treated one way, other people will be treated another way. It's not just that Smollett, you see, Rahm Emanuel gets some of it right here, but he leaves out some important details. Where does Smollett derive his power from? Yes, connections, connections to people like the White House Obama uh, staffer that uh, that they mentioned, White House advisor, staffer, whatever she was. That certainly helps. But Smollett is also a, uh, a, a double protected minority. He is African-American and he is openly gay. He's a member of the LGBTQ community. And so the Democrats, because of their intersectional politics, believe that he is inherently oppressed, that he is inherently victimized, and they will, added to his fame, celebrity, and connections, putting all that together, he is almost invulnerable, folks. There's very little that they would not go to bat for Jussie Smollett over. Because he fits into categories that the left elevates and that the left protects. You add a little bit of celebrity and money into that situation, and you have this. An absolute debacle. But the good news is you and I both know this guy could not have been more guilty. He's a moron and he's a disgrace. So there's that. It's still a hoax and we were right. But the system is even grosser than we thought. Court case out of the Ninth Circuit that probably won't hear about elsewhere. But I want to tell you a little bit because it, it shows you once again what we're dealing with here with the open borders judiciary. Oh, which court? Which court circuit was it? You know which one. The Ninth Circuit. The Libmaniac Central of the Ninth Circuit, uh, they decided that Kate Steinle's family was not able to sue the city of San Francisco because San Francisco was playing host to a uh, seven, oh no, five times deported convicted felon, Garcia, uh, Jose Garcia Zarate. On July 1st, 2015, Kate Steinle was murdered she was with her father on a pier in san francisco on an otherwise beautiful day she was hit by a bullet from a 40 caliber handgun that zarate picked up and fired he he claims accidentally Uh, he was deported five times and was released from jail a couple of months before the incident released from jail despite the fact that there was an ice detainer request for him but you know what san francisco did They chose 
not to inform Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. So the city of San Francisco just says that they're not going to comply with requests from the federal government, that law enforcement in San Francisco does not have to assist or help uh, federal law enforcement. And what they are doing in this process is aiding aiding and abetting a convicted felon illegal alien. That's what the city of San Francisco, by official policy, does. And it gets worse. You know, in December of 2017, a jury in San Francisco, which is just the craziest politics of any place in the country, second only to, or rather, D.C. is second only to San Francisco in terms of political affiliation. So remember that. The swamp is full of lib maniacs. But a San Francisco jury acquitted Zarate of all murder charges, including manslaughter. So the federal government, ah, maybe the federal government will swoop in on the Smollett thing. I think I think that's very unlikely, but they can sometimes, and they do. The federal government swooped in and charged him with possession of a firearm and assault with a deadly weapon and invol- involuntary manslaughter. And this reminds me of that case I told you about, where the federal uh, U.S. attorney in Philadelphia decided that the three-year sentence that a a armed robber got for almost shooting off the leg of an Asian American immigrant small business owner in front of his wife and children when he was trying to rob him was not enough. So the feds had to step in because justice. Well, here the feds once again had to step in because a San Francisco jury did not think that Kate Steinle's family deserved justice. Why? I, I leave to you. I, I can't imagine being on that jury and, and thinking that. Um, but what we have now is a federal judge saying that, no, you cannot sue. You cannot sue the city of San Francisco, even though, even though they engaged in what many would call, you know, an an illegal policy that led directly to the murder of Kate Steinle. I mean, if they had told ICE that they had this person in their custody, ICE wanted him and wanted to deport him. So why didn't they act? Well, because they don't have a problem with illegal aliens, because they do not agree with the federal law that says that illegal aliens should not be in this country. And now you have courts, federal courts, that give special rights to illegals. You know, illegals now who are supposed to have no right under any normal understanding of the law, no right to to challenge different aspects of federal government policy vis-a-vis their status. They get all kinds of of due process now. You know, illegal aliens are under the left wing interpretation of the law. Illegal aliens are able to challenge their right to enter the United States to even be in this country, that, that anyone anywhere in the world can say, no, no, I want to appear in a U.S. court because I think I have a right to be in America. You know, this is, this is the claim they find that's there's no standing. Oh, no, your daughter was killed by an illegal in San Francisco, and San Francisco won't assist federal law enforcement? That, that, that's, that's not a liability claim. When you look at the way that the courts are treating illegal aliens, it's very clear that there are enough courts that really believe that they're on a mission, and the mission is to allow as many illegals as possible to get 
into this country and stay for good. That is the plan. That's what they're trying to do. You know, I spoke to former DHS Secretary Jay Johnson today. You can see the interview tomorrow on on Hill TV. That's right. An Obama DHS secretary. And let me tell you, you know, he's also a former U.S. attorney. And he's a guy who said to me, and I think he said this on air, too, that he owned the issue of the southern border for three years. He was all over it. And I will tell you this. He is not able to answer the questions that I have for him on this issue. I mean, when I asked him, I had to really push to get an answer on should illegals because he kept saying, well, you know, illegals, they have a process. They have a process. They, they, they get more process. So, OK, well, if the process keeps them here for five years and then finally they're denied asylum, should they be deported? And he was and he, at that point, he's willing to say, yeah, okay, I mean, sure, they should be deported. He doesn't mean that. He knows they won't be. Everyone knows they won't be. Everyone's just being dishonest about this. Here's a fun fact. This came up in my conversation with Mr. Johnson, former DHS secretary under the Obama administration, obviously a left-wing guy. Do you know that when an illegal in this country who claims asylum is denied asylum in court, then he has an automatic right, doesn't matter what's said in that court, an automatic right to challenge the deportation order that comes from the denial of the asylum claim. So you get into this country scot-free, you get a court date three or four years in the future, maybe five, who knows, maybe 10. We don't even know how fast they're going to process the almost a million cases that are in the backlog right now with 100,000 more people coming in a month, folks. But even then, when you show, assuming you show up, which very few of them do for their hearing, they just stay in the country. If you show up for your asylum hearing and you're told no, they can't just deport you. Now you get to claim more process, more court time, more taxpayer dollars to challenge the deportation order against you after your denial of asylum. How long is that going to take? This is how they overwhelm and destroy the immigration system. This is how they create de facto open borders. They are doing it right now. This is happening in this country today with President Trump sitting in the Oval Office. If we can't win this fight with this president right now at our back, we are never going to win this fight. And make no mistake about it, if we have open borders, we become a different country. The left promised a fundamental transformation under the Obama administration. This is a way that they can truly achieve fundamental transformation. They don't have to change the laws. They just have to create a reality where the laws are broken in systematic fashion when it comes to immigration. I got to talk to you about the holding accountable the left on the lies about Russia coming up here. I'm not going to let this stuff go. I I know that there's this, some people are kind of the, oh, well, you know, they they were wrong. And no, 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 I don't want to move on. I want to do some donuts in their front yard with my four by four. I want to metaphorically curb stomp some libs for being wrong on Russia. Let's do that together. I'll be right back. Morning coffee is an American institution. That's why when it comes to starting my day, I reach for the most American coffee on the market, 
black rifle coffee this is how i get every day started it's how i get my energy going and it just tastes so delicious black rifle coffee should replace whatever other coffee you're drinking out there if you're not already on the black rifle coffee club i'm telling you you need to join it makes it so easy they'll ship the coffee right to your door and they'll ship it month after month and you'll be supporting a company that is founded by special operations veterans that is really into delicious high quality coffee and you're just going to love everything they do, the branding, the T-shirts, everything. While liberals threaten to further tax your hard-earned money with their socialism, Black Rifle Coffee is fueling the fight for freedom by upping their offer to 20% off your first purchase. Take advantage by visiting BlackRifleCoffee.com buck and receive 20% off your order. Again, that's BlackRifleCoffee.com buck for 20% off BlackRifleCoffee.com buck. Well, I don't know if I received bad information, but I think I suspected that there was more than there actually was. Um, and I, I am relieved that there w- it's been determined that there was not a criminal conspiracy with the Russian government um, over our election. I think that is good news for the country. And so I still point to things that were done publicly or <clears throat> efforts to try to uh, have conversations with the Russians that were inappropriate. But um, I'm not all that surprised that uh, the high bar of criminal conspiracy was not met. Um, I am surprised at that second part of the instruction of justice in terms of how it came out. Not good enough, former CIA Director Brennan. Not even close. I've been saying all week that if the intelligence community was a stock, it is plummeting right now. Because the people who run it don't seem like they're very smart or very ethical, or at least the ones who did under the Obama administration. Oh, and we'll return to that in just a moment. That's the former director of the Central Intelligence Agency, a place where I once worked, a place where I still have many friends, and does do some pretty incredible stuff, although a lot less incredible stuff than most people think from watching James Bond movies. Uh, but does do some interesting work and has many, many, many good people who work there. Uh, We're all embarrassed. And the ones that I know who are realistic about the world agree with me that it, it is embarrassing that John Brennan went so off the rails. And he remember, he was the one who said that what the president did is tantamount to treason, that what the president did is, you know, is beyond the pale. And. I just have to tell you that this is one of these moments where we shouldn't allow it to pass without a full accounting of what has been done. I don't want to let them just skate off, you know, like nothing happened. I don't want them to be able to ride off into the sunset. Oh, it's over now. Because I I do think that their plans of investigation and, and impeachment, you know, they were hoping to have more on the obstruction piece. Maybe when the Mueller report is released in a few weeks, they're saying now, it's going to be a few weeks, they'll latch on to something and they'll have Swalwell and these other clowns have a reason to go on TV again because they'll say, oh, we need to investigate this. But there's a little bit of a shockwave that has gone through Democrat, Democrat uh, circles right now because... The Mueller report so clearly is favorable to President Trump, which anybody who was paying attention should have known it would be all along. I would note there was always that possibility. And I believe even Giuliani said that there was, you know, that this was a concern that he had as the president's lawyer. There's always that possibility. Could you imagine for a moment if Papadopoulos, let's say, really had directly engaged with 
a senior FSB agent and had said, hey, you know what would be a great idea? Let's work together. I'll find out the email uh, email address that you should go for, and we'll do a spear phishing uh, hack of the DNC servers. And you know, and and this is and Papadopoulos and blah, 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 Papadopoulos did not do any of this. I'm just saying, just just take for a moment, you know, this this theory. If he had been part of that conspiracy, even without telling Trump or anybody else, they would all have claimed absolute. The other side, the anti-Trump collusion side, would have claimed that they were right all along. There was campaign, you know, even if he was the lowest level coffee boy, didn't matter. That there was campaign collusion with the Russians. Here it is. Trump has to step down. Trump is finished. That was really the bar that they set. The bar wasn't just Trump giving an order to do this or Trump, you know, through back channel, directly communicating with Putin or one of his top guys. No, no, no. Anybody in the Trump campaign working with the Russians to hack the DNC server and the Podesta email, that would have been sufficient for them to claim that they were right all along. And they couldn't even get that, folks. Never mind. I mean, we knew Trump didn't do it. I mean, that, that everyone knew. Trump knew. And Trump told me collusion such a stupid idea. And he was right. The president told me that. This is a stupid idea. Wouldn't even make sense. You didn't get it's not going to work. It's a huge risk. You're going to owe the Russians. Trump knows you don't want to owe the Russians. That's a, that's a very bad position. Trump, Trump, somebody who understands leverage. He understands how that game goes. He doesn't want to owe the Russians. I'm not even talking about his patriotism and the ethics and other things that would have prevented him. Cause I do believe that president Trump loves this country. I really do. I think he loves America. I believe that this president loves this country, does not look down on it, does not, you know, uh, trash talk it to make himself feel bigger or better. I think he loves this country. But the left obviously thinks that he's going to destroy it. And so they were willing to destroy anything on the way. Now, here's one thing that came up. The coup. What really happened here? Who was involved in this effort to try and remove the president of the United States from office using these mechanisms of the federal bureaucracy, the Democrat-dominated media. Who, who was really at the center of this? Who was involved? How far up the chain? Remember, who was in office when Trump was running? President Obama. Whose hand-picked CIA, uh, CIA director was it that ran around with these stories of treason and collusion? It was President Obama's pick, John Brennan. You know, who... Could have counted on Sally Yates over DOJ to be a left-wing partisan and do what's right by the... Oh, that's right. It was President Obama. Whose attorney general would have known early on about the Russian intrusion efforts into, uh, into you know, Facebook? And uh, That's right. It was Loretta Lynch on behalf of President Obama. What if this goes further and higher than we have been led to believe? Flight Clip 30. I think it went very high up. I think what happened is a disgrace. I don't believe our country should allow this ever to happen again. This will never happen again. We cannot let it ever happen again. It went very high up and it started fairly low, but with instructions from the high up. This should never happen to a president again. We can't allow that to take place. I don't want to say that, but I think you know the answer. Just to be clear, 
a question there. It was a great question from uh, Steve Ducey over at um, Fox News. Did it reach the West Wing of the Obama White House? Trump said, I think you know the answer. I don't want to answer, but I think you know the answer. What happens if and when we find out that President Obama was in on this? Think about that moment of reckoning. Let me back up from that for one second. What are the chances that President Obama did not know about this theory that Trump in the in that moment of just absolute grinding electoral warfare, the summer of 2016, the fall of 2016? What are the chances Obama didn't know about this rumor, this theory, these investigations into Russia collusion and Trump? I think the chances are effectively zero that he did not know. It's not conceivable that they did not tell President Obama what's going on here. We know they didn't tell President Trump that there may have been, when he was a candidate, Russian efforts to influence uh, the campaigns or to contact him. But how much did Obama know? You know the left will fight to prevent that information from coming out. They will fight like they are defending the Holy Grail. Although, as we know, if liberals were exposed to the Holy Grail, it would be like what happens at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. They would not do well. But Obama knew about this, folks. This went all the way to the top. This was an effort to take down Trump. Did the last president have a hand in it? There's a question that I want to put forward. There's a question that I want an answer to. You're probably familiar with the AARP, right? But, you know, AARP is actually pretty left wing and they fought tooth and nail for a government run healthcare system. So if you're a senior out there, you're listening to this. I got an idea. Try the conservative alternative to the AARP. That's AMAC. All right. AMAC was founded by an Air Force veteran, Dan Weber, over a decade ago to represent not only conservative views, but policy that's good for America. AMAC advocates for border protection, fixing social security, fiscal responsibility. And oh, by the way, when you join AMAC, you get discounts on car insurance, hotels, roadside assistance, dental plans, even cell service options. So put your money where your heart is on this one. Stand with AMAC as they fight the good fight by becoming a member today. Join right now at amac.us slash buck. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S slash buck. Just type that into your browser. A-M-A-C dot U-S slash buck. AMAC is better, better for you, better for America. Potentially big new questions in the Russian investigation and the corresponding lack of answers from the White House. And any kind of collusion with the Russians. And then there's the Russia investigation. We know the Russians were involved in interfering with the election. How do you explain the Manafort allegations as anything but collusion? And it's on the question of collusion, possible collusion with Russia. Fact. It's Russia. Fact. It's Russia. <laughs> Don, Don Lemon. Monsieur Don Lemon. He is uh, a guy who is on TV. Is he a journalist? I don't even think he thinks he's a journalist. What exactly does John, Don Lemon, what would you say you do here at CNN? CNN is the worst of all of all the offenders on the Russia collusion stuff. The worst. Uh, you know, they they were the most aggressive on it, the most relentless. 
They put all these former national security types on TV to say just wildly stupid things. And, you know, the speculation was reckless. And speculating isn't something you can just do and just get away with all the time. That's not okay. You know, just because, well, I was just speculating, man. That's not an acceptable response in all situations at all times. But that's the way that CNN approached all this stuff. So now, look, if there were a serious enterprise, a serious journalistic venture, now would be the time, wouldn't it, for them to say, okay, you know what? We got too caught on this. It was kind of like the way that we reported on WMDs back in the day. We just accepted too many official narratives that we were getting. Not even official narratives, really. Former official narratives. And, you know, we're sorry. That's... That would at least show a shred of integrity. That's not what they're going to do, though. Oh, no, no. I I have to say, I'm usually not a name caller. But every time Tucker Carlson calls Brian Stelter, "Uh, Hello, I have a show at CNN because I look like Jeff Zucker. Every time Tucker Carlson calls Brian Stelter a eunuch, I laugh a little bit. It's childish, I know. But I do kind of laugh a little bit. Because he's one of these guys who runs interference for the worst elements over at CNN. And CNN employs a number of people as, quote, journalists. All they do is just pick fights with and trash conservative journalists all day long and try to get them fired. That's all they do. You know, remember, CNN is not a a benevolent actor in any sense. They also thought that it was appropriate to, to dox private citizens if they do things that CNN doesn't like for starting a meme about CNN. Remember, they threatened to dox that guy. Put his information out there so he'd get threats and maybe get fired. CNN showed up at the home of a woman who had been allegedly brought into a Russian Facebook group online. And so she wanted to have like a Trump rally or something or a MAGA rally. He was standing on her front lawn questioning her like she's a bad person. She didn't do anything wrong. She did nothing wrong. You know, see, it essentially may have been the equivalent of politically catfished. But they went after her. So there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on over at CNN, and it's become an increasingly bad place. It is toxic. It is not a place where a conservative can be himself or herself in any meaningful way. And therefore, it's just a propaganda organ of the left. These are just obvious observations. This is just what's happening. But Eunuch Stelter, as producer Mike writes it, because he knows it's going to make me laugh, Eunuch Stelter over at CNN had had this to say about their Mueller coverage, 18. Reporting is what adds the most value. Finding out something new, putting out new information into the world is the best feeling in journalism. It's the greatest value add. That's what hundreds of journalists have been doing, trying to solve pieces of this Trump-Russia puzzle. So don't be fooled by the partisans who cherry pick the worst mistakes of individual journalists or the craziest ideas from commentators and claim that's the entire media. It's not. We're waiting for the facts because here is what I know. I mean, you're going to hear this from the right for the next days and weeks to come that the press has basically made all of this up to take down President Trump. Because the press is just following a trail that Trump created. Because they pretty much did. I mean, can we just get real about this for a second? We, We think that they did this because they did. Can we start from that recognition? Can we start from that truth? That's what happened here, folks. Uh, but, but, uh, let's not let them conflate the hundreds of journalists that added value to the Russia story, tried to solve pieces of the Trump-Russia puzzle. They didn't add value. They ran fake news. 
Trump's charge of fake news upsets CNN so much because they so often engage in the process of peddling fake news. Unacceptable. We do not have to keep playing the game they want us to anymore. And by the way, I I know some of you have have told me this, and I don't want to skip over because you're right. You know, I let MSNBC off a little soft. It's just because I know CNN better, and I've watched more CNN as oppo research to what they're doing. I'm not as familiar with what goes on at MSNBC. What's his name over there? Chris Matthews is really upset. Play 11. Here's Chris Matthews. No further indictments, no charges against the president. Why was there never an interrogation of this president? How can they let Trump off the hook? How can they let him off the hook? Two years of an investigation where the press was more or less openly rooting for the president of the United States to be indicted, to be ruined, to be humiliated, to humiliate all of his supporters as well for uh, casting their votes for a Russian asset. Maybe he send his children to prison. Maybe they give them the Manafort treatment. Solitary confinement. That's where Manafort is right now, folks. And, and they, they weren't harsh enough on him. These people not only have no ethics, they have no judgment. They cannot take reasonable positions. Their emotions intrude upon the processes by which the rest of us weigh different things. Is this as severe as that? Is this as big a deal as that? They can't do it. Because their emotional impulses as brainwashed libs take over. There's just, there's even more of this stuff. This was what, you know, for those who were saying, oh, they were just following the facts. Here's what Hakeem Jeffries, member of Congress, here's what he said about the president. Play 12. The American people deserve to know whether Donald Trump is either A, a legitimate president, B, a Russian asset, C, the functional equivalent of an organized crime boss, or D, just a useful idiot who happens to have been victimized by the greatest collection of coincidences in the history of the republic. A Russian asset, a crime boss, a useful idiot. These are things that are said by members of Congress about the president of the United States. All of them are wrong. All of them are baseless. And is he going to apologize? No. This is one of the reasons why I always tell you folks, we do not apologize to the leftist mob because they never apologize for anything. I will apologize, and I would recommend that anyone else do as well for reasons of honor, dignity, and self-respect. I make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. I'm not saying I will never apologize as a rule. That would be stupid. But I will not apologize to the leftist mob because they are not worthy of an apology and they have no principle. So on what grounds are they demanding an apology? President Trump is taking a victory lap, but it's not enough because now it's time for retribution, righteous retribution. Now it's time for there to be a special counsel appointed to look in to how all this happened, a special counsel appointed or a just very thorough and aggressive investigation within the Department of Justice of what happened to this FISA, these FISA applications. How is it that Carter Page and George Papadopoulos were supposed to be the center of this international conspiracy? What morons could possibly believe that? Oh, that's right. The most powerful ones in the United States government at the time, at least on the bureaucratic national security side, FBI director, CIA director. 
These people are, are, are obviously way out of their depth, which is shocking because they were running major government agencies. We'll be right back. Jeff Zucker is an anxious man tonight. He's been caught doing the one thing journalists are not allowed to do. He intentionally misled his audience. In a fair world, Jeff Zucker would be running a car wash or he'd be selling timeshares in Cancun. He would not be in the news business. Zucker himself knows that very well. He knows he's an imposter. In a fair world, CNN wouldn't call itself a news network at all. It's far less than that, and it has been for a long time. Now, you'd think a news network might learn from debacles like this. And yet, under the leadership of Jeff Zucker, CNN's recklessness and its dishonesty have only accelerated. Yes, Tuck. Take it to him. Uh, Tucker's been great lately. I mean, he's, he's great in general, but he's, he's just been great lately. Just going right at, just going right at Jeff Zucker. And right at, the, right at the heart of darkness with Jeff Zucker there. I mean, just the guy who... You know, it, it's it's all very personal for him. He, it's a personal feud with Trump. His network was weaponized against Trump. There's been tremendous damage done to the whatever we think of as cable news journalism as a result of this feud. I mean, absolutely the case that that Zucker has done tremendous damage. And my friend David Harsanyi uh, wrote a piece yesterday in The Federalist. And, you know, David's just he's he's a humble guy and a really excellent really excellent editorialist and you know he wrote a piece that just said that the media has done tremendous damage to the country i mean time magazine had a cover of the white house morphing into the kremlin the cover of time magazine that is completely preposterous i'd also note that this stuff was not without consequence i know that we always have to get into this well is the rhetoric really inspiring the bad guy but you know there was a, a guy named james hodgkinson who was a Bernie Sanders supporter who liked this group, Erase Republicans, who showed up to a baseball field a few miles from where I'm sitting right now and tried to murder a bunch of members of Congress because they were conservatives and almost killed Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise almost almost bled out on the ground. If he didn't have two members of Capitol Police there to return fire, it would have been all over. We would have had a mass assassination of conservatives in Congress. Because of the rhetoric of the left, at least according to James Hodgkinson. And yet they take no responsibility for any of this. As I was saying to you during the height of the collusion insanity, if people really believed that the president of the United States was a Russian asset, what should they not be willing to do at that point? Where do they draw the line? It's a scary question. If I really believe the president of the United States was a was a foreign traitor or rather working for a foreign power and a traitor to his country. You know, what what lengths would I go to? What laws would somebody be willing to break if they really thought that were the case? And this is where it's so hard for me to really gauge whether these people were cynical, you know, that, that the Jeff Zuckers of the world were cynical as they promulgated this theory, as they propagated this lie. Or were they true believers? Were they really bought into this? I think a lot of them in the media were. I saw somebody yesterday, and I, I will not get into specifics about who. As you know, I, I do not criticize my friends in media on air. I just, I, and I'm upfront with you about that. Some of you have sent me messages. Hey, this person said this. Why don't you take them a task? 
Well, if you know that I'm friends with that person, you know why. And I, I, I tell you this truthfully. It's not a, it's not an ironclad rule in the sense that if somebody really steps out of line, if I feel the need, I'll say something. But generally speaking, I don't trash friends because I think personal loyalty is an important part of having honor as a human being. I think personal loyalty matters. That said, some of the never Trumper Russia collusion theorists that I, I've known in the past, the stuff that I have seen them coming up with in the last 24 hours to justify their positions I, I think that they have really been broken psychologically. I think they need help. Something is wrong with them. They, they, they cannot accept what has happened here. And it was a very powerful moment on Fox News over the weekend where the formidable Molly Hemingway of The Federalist was up against Philippe Reigns, he of running around Fox News wearing shorts with a suit top and cursing at friends of mine, because that's a thing that happened. Uh, she had to tell him just straight up Philippe, it's over. And that needs to be said a lot more here, meaning that the collusion theory, this story is over. No more. And there should also be accountability for those who spread this thing. And maybe, if not accountability, at least some sense of, I'm sorry. I've seen a couple of libs, a few libs be like, I got ahead of myself on this one. I admit it. Now, whether that's too little too late, I will leave to you. But at least it's something. At least it's something. But Rudy Giuliani, who I spoke to yesterday, and I always have a great time talking to Rudy. And I, I got to look, I've got a fondness for Rudy just because he's he was my mayor growing up in New York. And his son was a was a classmate of my my awesome little brothers. So, you know, they there's kind of a little bit of a connection there in the family. And his son's a great guy, too. But so I like I like the mayor and. And he's one of those people that I'll call Mr. Mayor, even though I generally don't like. See, I'm, I'm honest about my inconsistency, even though, I, you know, I'm honest when I tell you that I'm a statist who doesn't want smoking in any public places, even the even if the owners want it. I know statist buck, very statist. Uh, and also when it comes to public figures, I don't like the retention of titles they no longer have. But I mean, it's Rudy Giuliani. He's America's mayor. Come on. So he asked, bro, Cuomo, do you even lift, bro? That's what Cuomo said to Giuliani. And Giuliani lifted his massive pinky ring and said, I live this, son. What's up? Uh, but Cuomo and Giuliani had a little exchange on this. Should there be an apology? Play five. I am outraged by the behavior of these networks. Okay. Collusion, 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 First collusion. All, let, no collusion. Okay, here's my, here's my no case. Collusion. Here's my case. Apologize. Never. Here's my case. Never? Never. I didn't do anything wrong. These questions are real. Well, I, I they needed to be regarded as such. Treasonous? And they needed to be investigated. Did people you hear me say that? No, but I heard Do I hold you to account for what people say that, I, that you don't? There were people on this network that did. How about this network should apologize? How about Jeff Zucker should Do I ask you to apologize for everything the president says that's not true? No. Okay, good. So we're even. But Let you asked me, ask me to this. apologize for what I what? do, and I do. No apologies from Bro Cuomo. He was busy lifting. No apologies. Huh. Interesting. You would think that maybe there would be some reflection necessary here, considering that I watched many a clip and played many of them on air here where uh, Cuomo was very clearly a believer in this theory. And, and this, this, is what, this is where ethics and decency really come into play because here, here's, the, here's the truth of all this. You can always find a way to you know smear somebody and tell a story and technically... You're not lying. You know, I could say about anybody, 
run a, I could run a headline on a news story, you know, John so-and-so, pedophile, question mark? Well, and then I could go in the piece. There are people who are saying that this guy's a pedophile. Um, I won't name them, and they're anonymous sources, but there are a lot of people who think this guy's a pedophile. So, you know, is he having, uh, you know, underage relations, and should he spend the rest of his life in prison? Um, I don't know. I'm just asking questions. Would that be ethical to do to somebody? You, you, you could do it. You could do it. You could play that game, you know? Is, is you know, John Smith a, a murderer, question mark? Well, uh, people are saying that he might have killed somebody. The body was never found. You could play this game all day. Is the president a traitor, question mark, is in the same category. It is an outrage to bring up, an outrage to suggest, unless you have real proof, real evidence. The Steele dossier was what we in the intelligence community would have thought of as a fabrication, my friends. He was full of it. His sources were not vetted. There's a whole process that we go through of how does this person know this? What are this person's motivations? I mean, I will say within the community for people who actually know what they're doing, what Steele did would not have gotten through. You can't just say, uh, I wrote this long report. I don't really name anybody in it. I don't have any sources. I don't tell you how the source knows this. You've got to say, this source knows this because X. This source has this motivation. You've got to get into specifics about who you're talking about here. But, uh, you know, if, if you're going to put a government document out there, it's the same in law enforcement, you know? who Who is your confidential informant? How does he know about this? You don't just take the, take it on faith, take their word, but they wanted to take this stuff on faith. That was always the plan because they just wanted to hear what they were hearing. Do they ever learn their lesson, folks? Democrats in Congress, Democrats to me, this is going to be a theme today. Do they ever learn? Really, do they ever learn anything? Or do they just keep doubling down, keep sticking with what they thought in the past? Uh, this Russia collusion thing is a moment that you should always remember. Because you're really seeing who these people are. You're seeing whether they have any intellectual integrity whatsoever, any honesty, any decency. Because remember, there was a lot of damage done to people over this whole Russia hoax. People went to prison. People were hounded by prosecutors. People had to pay tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some cases even more than that, for legal fees. For what? For a theory? created by an oppo researcher paid by hillary clinton now oppo research can get handed to the fbi and used to ruin your life that's the country that we're going to live in now everybody should be appalled by this everybody should be outraged by this but democrats aren't they like this whole thing there are some names out there that should live in infamy over the russia collusion catastrophe the lies the many, many lies they told about this. And this is a little bit of a then and now back and forth from some of those names. You've got, for example, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, and Maxine Waters, just to name a few. These are elected members of the United States Congress who have completely clowned themselves. And they don't really change a, anything. They don't change a bit based on the new facts, based on the new information. Here's Adam Schiff of Then and Now, play 10. 
certainly say with confidence that there is significant evidence of collusion uh, between the campaign and Russia. There's a very real prospect that uh, on the day Donald Trump leaves office, the Justice Department uh, may indict him, uh, that he may be the first president uh, in quite some time to face the real prospect of jail time. Make the request. If the request is denied, subpoena. If the subpoenas are denied, we will haul people before the Congress. Uh, and yes, we will uh, prosecute in court uh, as necessary to get this information. That that doesn't seem like he's changed anything. And did that sound like an apology to you? I, I didn't feel an apology. I didn't hear an apology. I just heard, no, let's keep investigating. We need more information, more information, more information. The president may go to prison, this guy was saying. Doesn't think doesn't think he owes him an apology? I mean, Adam Schiff is is a snake. We all know that. Speaking of snakes, Eric Swalwell, a little then and now, play nine. It's so obvious that they were eager to collude with Russia. Now we're seeing the evidence that there was a conspiracy to cover up. It's looking more and more, uh, Wolf, that Donald Trump was a part of a criminal campaign, a criminal transition, and now presides over a criminal presidency. I stand by what I have said about seeing evidence of collusion, and if he has a problem with that, he can sue me. I think the American people want to know whether this president uh, violated conduct, while, whether he violated not only the law, but that honor code that we all count on. Oh, so he's a criminal president, a criminal transition, criminal, criminal, criminal. Turns out he's not any of those things, and Swalwell stands behind what he says. Is, is this his version of accountability? This is supposed to be standing up, speaking the truth? Come on. Here we are. You know, this one's, this one's going to be good, though. At least Maxine Waters is kind of entertaining. Swalwell and, and Schiff are just boring. They're just boring, bad liars. Maxine Waters, is she's really interesting. Play eight. This president and his allies, I believe, and others believe, colluded with the Russians to undermine our democracy. And we're not going to stop talking about it. All I know is this. If he thinks he can stop me from talking about impeach 45, he's got another thought coming. I am not intimidated by him. I'm going to keep saying that we need to impeach him. He's been saying no collusion, no collusion, no collusion over and over again for a long time now. And he's going to try and conclude uh, that there this report is proving that there's no collusion. And you have a lot of his sycophants who will, you know, take the nod from him and they'll say the same thing. Uh, But we cannot allow them to get away with this. I mean, she just operates in a fact free zone, right? Just doesn't matter to her. She doesn't care. She's operating in a fact-free zone. She just wants to keep saying that he's guilty of collusion. She's not going to stop saying he's guilty of collusion. And that the Robert Mueller probe, which we went through yesterday on the show, interviewed, what, 500 people, thousands of subpoenas, just the most thorough scrub-through investigation anybody could ever ask for with whatever resources it wanted and all the authority the federal government could possibly confer on anyone. And they said, no, no collusion. And that there are still Democrats in the, in the Congress who won't change a note. What are we supposed to make of that? What, what are we supposed to think of these people and the people who vote for them and think this is okay? 
you know, it, it does start to feel like we're in a little bit of a scary country, my friends, when very obvious facts, whether it's that Jussie Smollett is a liar and it is a hoax, and anyone who does not understand that is not smart. The same thing is true of Russia collusion, though. That was a hoax. It is no longer possible to be a smart and well-informed person and believe that the president worked with the Russians to overturn the election. That's just creative writing. It's just fantasy land now. It's not, it's not a good faith, serious debate that any person could have. You know, they are now flat earthers. They are flat earthers. If you think that there's still collusion, you're in that category. There is no evidence. In fact, there's a mountain of evidence contrary to that position. But Democrats in the Congress won't apologize. CNN won't apologize. Who does? Who will be held accountable for this? Where is the accountability on this issue? I ask you. Uh, we're going to have to look for a long time, I have a feeling. I, I don't think anytime soon we will, uh, we will get any satisfaction on that front. That much is for sure. We'll be right back. There's only one dual certified veteran owned background investigation and vetting company out there, and it is Global Verification Network. For those of you who either work in the HR department of a company or have your own company, I'm telling you, background checks are essential and you want to work with the best company that will get them done efficiently and will tailor their program and how they do it to your needs. So whatever size company you are, from a startup all the way up to a Fortune 100, Global Verification Network can come up with all of your solutions. And whatever business intelligence and vetting you need, they can work with you on that too. They are absolute pros. I know the CEO. I trust him. You can trust him too. Go to mygvn.com. Again, that's mygvn.com or call Global Verification Network at 877-695-1179, 877-695-1179. Let me just tell you exactly what my message is. The Republican Party will soon be known as the party of health care. You watch. The party of health care, President Trump says. Now, there could be a, a renewed focus on this issue because the Department of Justice has announced that it is siding. That's right. Trump's DOJ is siding with a district court that has already found the Affordable Care Act unconstitutional. That's right. Another challenge in the courts to the constitutionality or the lack thereof of Obamacare. And here's the basics of why they're saying it's unconstitutional. As you know, they, the Congress voted to uh, get rid of the individual mandate. And the individual mandate was only possible uh, because it was considered a tax, thanks to John Roberts, who went into overdrive. I mean, pulled out all the stops. Remember, our so-called conservative Chief Justice Roberts did everything that he could to make sure that Obamacare would be pulled out of the pulled out of the fire and saved. And that included saying that something that is a penalty is actually a tax and something that is a tax is actually a penalty. It was a shocking inversion of the truth and reality, but they were willing to do it. And they were at least five justices were willing to do it. Thankfully, they did not allow for if you remember that original Obamacare, the major Obamacare decision, they did not allow for the incredible coercion of the states 
by the federal government to effectively say you either expand this uh, Medicaid program, you expand Medicaid in your state or we're going to take all your Medicaid dollars. That was struck down in the initial Obama uh, Obamacare ruling. But the rest of the law stayed. Now, this circuit court, I think it's the Fifth Circuit, which is a pretty solid conservative. Yup, it is the Fifth Circuit. Fuck, even when you don't know if you're right, you're right. Come on. And they're saying that because the tax is no longer valid and the tax was the only way that you could keep the individual mandate and the individual mandate was necessary to the overall architecture of the Obamacare law, uh, then it's all null and void. They're saying that once the, you know, the mandate is no longer uh, in place, the rest of Obamacare has to be invalidated, uh, essentially. This is a similar attack on the individual mandate as the thing that, that funds all the rest of this. Will this work? I don't know. We will see. You can never tell with conservative justices, some of them, particularly Roberts, uh, could get a little little waffly, little waffler on this one. We'll go back and forth. And also, I, I think Kavanaugh, by the way, is more liberal than a lot of people. They, they were so busy trying to convince everyone that Kavanaugh was uh, some kind of sex predator who was part of a roving underage rape gang in high school. I mean, the most horrific and and stupid lie that could be leveled against anybody in that circumstance and the democrats oh that's right they believed that too one of the big themes today isn't it folks the media and the democrat party believe obviously untrue massive lies when it benefits them and they somehow never learn the lesson they never say hey buck how did you know how did you know that covington wasn't what they said it was how did you know that Kavanaugh wasn't a secret serial gang rapist in high school. How did you know that Jussie Smollett was lying? How did you know that Obamacare, I'm sorry, that uh, that Russia collusion was a hoax? Obamacare is kind of a hoax too, but a little different. They never, they never want to ask because I could walk them through it. You know, an evidentiary standard is all you have to do. You apply an evidentiary standard and then you can come to much better conclusions. They don't want to come to an evidentiary standard. They want to come to an ideologically satisfying one, one that feels good. That's what they want. Or one that serves the purpose and feels good. That's even more exciting. So there you have it. Um, House Democratic leaders today, according to The Washington Post here, urge colleagues, quote, to focus on health care and other issues of greater concern to voters, Following the completion of the special counsel's report, even as some members argued they needed to do more to hold President Trump accountable. Many Democrats appeared eager to pivot back to health care, an issue that cut their way during last year's midterms. Democrats plan to roll out new health care legislation after uh, and because they saw an opportunity to capitalize politically from a new legal filing by the Justice Department late Monday that said the Trump administration backs a full invalidation of the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so. We're about to have another fight over health care here. Look, we, we did not manage to repeal and replace. And that is on the Republicans. And yes, John McCain played a very large role in that failure. Uh, that is on the Republicans. There's no question about it. We are going to have to fight the socialized medicine fight in this election. And I worry 
my friends. I worry that people have been so thoroughly misled on this issue and there's been so much disinformation out there that they've really come to believe that Medicare for all is feasible, that Medicare for all is something that we could just do. Uh, Let me just tell you that uh, Medicare is the single biggest, as you know, single biggest budgetary uh, hole buster that we have. And it is the Medicare expenses that are driving a huge percentage of yearly deficits in this country. And they're only going to get worse. But let's just imagine for a moment that you are in a true Medicare for all system. What do you think that would mean for doctors who are well regarded and who have good practices and they would be overwhelmed? There are already a lot of doctors that don't want to take Medicaid and fewer and fewer that want to take Medicare. When you don't expand the supply, when you don't incentivize people to go to medical school and do, do residency and all that for, what is it, 10 years? When you don't take people through that process and explain to them that this is a, a, that there are necessary incentives or else you're just going to be overstressing an already stressed market, you know what's going to happen? We're going to all be waiting six months for routine medical care. Six months to see a specialist. Uh, at a, you know that, that will become standard. And we will reach a point at which the debt is unsustainable. But just like how the left never learns its lessons on anything. They never change their mind. They never realize they were wrong. Do you think that when they draw us into near bankruptcy as a country, we become insolvent from a creditor perspective? We are a debtor nation with no hope of getting out. Do you think at that point they'll say, oh, you know, maybe we shouldn't have made all of these unsustainable promises. Maybe we shouldn't have told the American people that they would have their health care paid for. All the all the free college they could ever want, all this stuff free, free, free. We've seen this throughout the 20th century when socialism has been tried. Free is the most expensive thing of all when the government tries to do it because they always fail. It may be free today, but it gets very, very expensive tomorrow. It's free until they run out of the supply. And then it's free until they have to mandate more supplies. And then it's free until they don't have the raw materials to mandate the manufacturing of the supplies so that people, you know, and, and so on and so forth. It's never really for the same. The same basic economics applies to healthcare. We are always dealing with a Democrat left that thinks that they have the high ground on science, on facts, and on logic, and on their primary positions. And some of the biggest, some of the biggest fights that they've engaged in, certainly over the last two years, they've abandoned facts and logic and reason and been demonstrably shockingly wrong just flat out wrong and and they don't take into account going forward maybe they have something to learn from the other side you know i i at least respect my liberal friends who are willing to sit down with me and listen to what i have to say and really hear it and occasionally take on some of what i'm telling them but that's become really unfashionable now on the left you have to be a true believer not a true thinker You have to really just embrace the feeling of the ideas, not the ideas behind the ideas.
When it comes to buying wine, a lot of people don't make selections that have to do with taste, right? I mean, look, I have the same situation, folks. I just base my decision on what bottle looks kind of cool and honestly, what's on sale. But that's all changed because of First Leaf. First Leaf's a wine club that makes it easy to discover new wines that you'll love. They've created a club experience that's customized to you. By rating the wines you receive, First Leaf determines your likes and dislikes and uses a custom algorithm and a professionally trained wine concierge team to send you only wines you'll love. You see, I started by answering three quick questions about my wine drinking preferences, and then First Leaf created an introductory six-pack of wine for me, all for just $29.95. It's amazing. I'm telling you, I love the wines they've sent me, and I'm getting a whole bunch more. Sign up with my link, and you'll get an exclusive intro offer. Six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash buck. Again, tryfirstleaf.com slash buck. That's six bottles of wine, only $29.95. Tryfirstleaf.com slash buck. Congress has to take this crisis seriously. We need to treat climate change like the existential threat that it is. We need to pass a Green New Deal. This should be our nation's moonshot. When John F. Kennedy said, let's put a man on the moon in the next 10 years, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. He didn't know whether he could put a man on the moon, but he knew it was something worth fighting for. He knew it was a goal and ambition that he wanted to take on, one he was unwilling to not, and something that would measure how great we are as a country. This is the same. Kirsten Gillibrand doesn't know anything about anything from what I can understand, but she is someone who has a prominent platform from which she can spew all the usual, you know, Democrat nonsense. You know, she is somebody who is out there making the case for why she should be the president of the United States, which is in itself a somewhat uh, sobering situation. The fact that she's even you know, having having any kind of conversation about how she thinks she should be the president, I think, is is a shock and people should be shocked by it. Uh, but to treat climate change like an existential threat, you, you know what one of the great frustrations is of the of the climate change debate, and as, as we talk about it, is going to continue to be a frustration, is they've been wrong before and they don't care. In fact, one thing we see from the Mueller probe fiasco and the whole Russia collusion delusion is that they're not chastened at all by this. They, they don't learn any lessons They don't think that they were really wrong. And that's a mindset that is the the norm among people on the left. I mean, that is the mindset that is really a defining characteristic now of the liberal mind and the contemporary progressive fake liberals. But you know what I mean? I hate the term liberal for them because they're anti-liberal. And I've in many different ways over the years made the case that we should not call them liberal. But here we are. They're statists, they're progressives, they're leftists, they're authoritarians, whatever, all those things. They are anti-liberal. But they don't learn lessons from this. And it it really also goes to the very basic philosophical underpinnings of why somebody thinks like a conservative or thinks like a liberal. A liberal approaches the world based on emotion and how how holding positions in particular, how ideas feel to them. That's very, very important. A conservative says, well, what do we know about how this idea has worked in the past to give us a sense of how it would work in the future? And that requires some honesty with self. That requires the ability to self-reflect and not self-delude 
But the progressive left, they are masters at self-delusion. They don't care when they get things wrong. They can always find an explanation or they convince themselves that they're not wrong, which may be an even more stunning turnabout here. I mean, they convince themselves that there's no problem, that everything is fine, that they did what they were supposed to do. Look what CNN and others are doing now with their coverage. Look what Jeff Zucker said about how they have no regrets. They did a great job on Russia collusion. See, we have learned one thing from the other side. When you're dealing with people who are dishonorable and who will say anything, you do not, you do not apologize to them. You do not bend the knee. You do not reach out as an act of good faith and hope that it is returned. Because they certainly won't. And Gillibrand saying that we need to treat climate change like an existential threat is silly. In 10 years or 12 years, whatever it is, there will not be the data. There will not be the, the factual basis to support these crazy claims. But they won't take that as any kind of uh, a, a, a moment to reflect. They won't be chastened by their silliness. They'll just switch right into the next narrative. Well, no, the next 10 years is when we'll really know if climate change is going to kill all of us. And then it'll be the next 10 years and then the next 10 years until this emotional fad, which is really what climate change is, and and an effort to use green ideology to impose socialism until that is either defeated in the marketplace of ideas thoroughly enough or people just grow tired of it. Gillibrand is really trying to make this a signature issue for herself. Play 21. We know that climate change isn't something that should be treated like a game. Just look at what's happening around the country, all over the world. Look at the extreme weather becoming more and more normal. Look at the flooding in the Midwest. Lives were lost. I was just in Iowa. Four people had already died. Look at the wildfires across our western states. How many people died in those California fires? Look at the damage and devastation in Puerto Rico and the U.S. Virgin Islands. Whole communities leveled. Homes still not rebuilt. In New York, we got hit with Superstorm Sandy. That was five years ago. We still haven't rebuilt. And for those who lost lives, lives of their loved ones, it's never going to be the same. This is a perfect example of climate change demagoguery. Perfect example of it. This is exactly what you should expect when people are talking about, I mean, it's just like the fires and the scary and like all the bad things and like everyone's just like going to die and like it's so scary and I just, I'm so scared. And Are you scared? And are you listening to me? And I'm just so scared. Doesn't really mean anything. It's just an excuse to get emotional, to hyperventilate a little bit, to engage in all kinds of bombast and hyperbole. That she stopped to think, okay, yes, the, the campfire in November 2018 killed 86 people. Do you know what the second deadliest fire in the history of California was? It was the Griffith Park fire in 1933, which is before anybody is making the case that we had catastrophic CO2 emissions. So it was, you know, going on 100 years ago was the second. So, yeah, that's right. Every 
you know, every hundred years, maybe we have a catastrophic fire in a state like California. And every 10 or 15 years, we have a really bad fire that kills about 10 or 15 people. That that's supposed to be evidence of climate change. I mean, no, no serious person could think this way. No serious onlooker could see any of this and think to themselves, yeah, that's right. That makes the case for me. But Kirsten Gillibrand is is entirely unserious. Gillibrand is somebody who is just hoping that demagoguery and flimsy talking points and the fact that she's a woman and going to push very hard on how important it is that she's a woman, that that will take her all the way to the White House. Does she think she can really win? I don't know. I certainly hope she can't. Uh, I've heard stories about how she is a really nasty person, by the way, and completely without any ethical core. We'll just say whatever and do and do whatever that that benefits her at any given time. But remember that with climate change, we will never have the satisfaction of these people admitting that they're wrong. I am more certain, more certain that the climate change alarmists are wrong about the world being over in 12 years uh, than I was even about how Russia collusion was a hoax. And as you know, I've known Russia collusion was a hoax from the very beginning and never wavered from that. Or that Jesse Smollett was a hoax. They didn't learn from that either. They never learn. We are dealing with very powerful, very vain babies in the media. And we should deal with them accordingly. Be right back. There's a measles emergency in Rockland County, New York, that is so severe that anyone effective at the stroke of midnight tonight, anyone who is under 18 years of age and unvaccinated is barred from public places for the next 30 days unless they receive the MMR vaccination. Uh, We keep seeing these outbreaks of diseases that we had previously thought we had conquered through vaccination. And I know that the issue of vaccines specifically is very contentious for some people. Uh, I do not find it to be contentious. I think the MMR vaccine has proven itself. In fact, I wish there were many, many more vaccines and more effective vaccines. I am eagerly awaiting the day when there is a well, not really a vaccine, but some form of cure, although it would come perhaps in vaccine form because it's an autoimmune disease and there might be a way to use anyway for celiac disease. That would really be something that I would celebrate. So I want more, not less vaccinations and more effective ones. Um, But this is this is going to become a a bigger problem, folks, because uh, and, and there's a few reasons for it. One is the back and forth over vaccines that still exists where you have Some people that just don't want the government involved in telling them they have to do this. Some people think it causes autism, uh, even though I I keep seeing all these studies that say that that is not the case. Please don't send me, you know, vaxertruth.com or something. I I don't I I understand people have different opinions on this. I I don't need to see more of what I've seen unless you have something from an actual peer reviewed medical journal of some kind. I've seen the websites that are out there, Uh, but this is dangerous. And, and a part of this is that the influx of uh, of recent illegal aliens into the country is going to play into this problem. And what you're going to see, and this is really a, a prediction, um, but I think it will come true. You're going to see that there'll be some outbreaks of very serious diseases that are linked to illegal aliens who were led into the country 
because of either loopholes or because of straight up breaking the law. And that's going to raise some some big questions. I think you'll also, by the way, see the government uh, or at least certainly the media and some people in the government try to um, downplay or even lie about it. They're going to say we don't know if just because we think that the patient that was the first person infected in this area is an illegal alien, that that's how it got into the area. Now, you know, you have people showing up at our southern border who do have communicable diseases that are very, very serious. And we know this because they're in detention and they're being treated for these diseases, uh, HIV, uh, tuberculosis, um, influenza, which obviously the flu is common, but, you know, the flu is actually very dangerous and many people die from it every year. And I just think that this is going to raise some very difficult questions going forward because the press is going to feel like we can't report honestly. Much of the press is going to say we don't want to report honestly on the health risks of mass importation of illegal aliens from the third world because that seems xenophobic and racist and all these other things. But there are real health risks. Um, there are real health risks. You know, I've been telling you about this book that I read. Uh, I just finished it. The Lost City of the Monkey God. And it's OK. It's not great. But the most interesting part of the book is the discussion in it about the eradication of people in the new world by old world diseases, uh, most notably smallpox, although there's also plague and other things. But smallpox was the was the real killer. And when we talk about the genocide of Native Americans, 90 percent of the killing was done by diseases that were just diseases that Europeans had and had immunity to at some level. And the people in the new world did not or at least had survivability that the people in the New World, the native tribes in the New World did not. That's where 90% in Central America, uh, Mexico, North America, the killing came from those diseases. And you know, smallpox, when you read about the history of it, is, is just an, an astonishingly nasty and, and a horrible disease that killed so, so many people. But there's also a leishmaniasis outbreak, which is a parasite somewhat similar to malaria in that sense that affects the people in the book who go to this uh, who go to this site. And leishmaniasis is very hard to treat. You can't really cure it. You can suppress it. And the uh, mucosal variety of it is called white leprosy. And it's a horrible disease and it wastes away parts of your face. I mean, it's really terrible disease. And in the book, it talks about how leishmaniasis is a big problem in the, in the third world. It is a problem in Central America. And in recent years, you know, there have been cases of leishmaniasis in Texas, uh, in Oklahoma, I think it, it cites. I think there's been a few in Florida. And there are concerns that it's going to spread further and further up. Now, that's just one health risk that people aren't particularly familiar with that if they were, I think they'd be very, very concerned. And, you know, are, are we allowed to have that? You talk about national security. What about national health discussion about when you have hundreds of thousands of people who are coming in and are not being uh, in any substantive way checked for serious communicable diseases? Well, what does that mean for us? What does that mean for the people already in this country, all 320 million of us? It's a question we should be able to ask, but I know we're not really supposed to. Rock and roll, fellow patriots.
we made ours go up to 11. It's time for Roll Call. Roll Call. You know what that means. Your thoughts here via Facebook. Facebook.com slash Buck Sexton. Kevin starts us off today. Hey, Buck podcast listener here. You keep losing points from your man card. The Lululemon pants thing is the latest example. First, just the name Lululemon is enough to get a deduction. Men should only wear Levi's or Dockers. Secondly, any pair of pants that are tapered are for snowflakes. What's next? Elastic bottoms? Also, please forgive me if this is not the preferred way to get on roll call. I hate Facebook almost as much as I hate communism. From Kevin. Uh, Kevin, with the Lululemon pants. I understand the name is a little frou-frou. No question about it. The name's a little hoity-toity. But don't knock them till you try them, big guy. I'm just saying. Those Lululemon pants, once you put them on, they feel like butter, baby. Um, they're so soft and so smooth. I think you'll be surprised. How much you really enjoy rocking those Lulus. You don't have to call them Lulus. You can call them your man pants. Honey, I'm wearing my man pants. You know, the ones that are in the, that are in the, uh, next to the, next to the ladies leopard print at Lululemon, you know, cause they have some fun. Actually not even leopard print. I think they did like snakeskin print is very popular. All right, Michael, not that I've been to the Lululemon store, obviously, Michael writes, hey, Buck, let's talk about the more aerodynamic naked Russian that jumped on an airplane. You said, do we know if he has a degree in astrophysics? I don't. Instead of astrophysics, you should have said aeronautical engineering. Engineers are always doing all the work that scientists then get credit for. Nothing a scientist has ever done was useful. It's what the engineers did that was useful. That's what useful science is. Without engineers, science is just philosophy. Now that you know this, maybe you'll give credit where credit is due from now on. Michael, I stand corrected, my friend. Although I'll notice that whether it's aeronautical engineering or astrophysics, you did not, uh, you did not tell me whether or not you agree that a naked, a naked pilot is, or a naked passenger is more aerodynamic. I think it should be more aerodynamic, but there are some areas... That would perhaps create drag. There are some areas that would create wind resistance. Some for us more than others. So I don't really know. This is a, a problem for aeronautical engineers to solve. John writes, the media's had two years of keeping the discussion on what President Trump may have done wrong. They're in dire straits now because they cannot discuss what has been going on for two years, the economy and job creation. So I think that's why we're seeing all this panic trying to come up with different angles so they don't have to discuss the real world. Well, I, I think, John, they're just trying to lay low for a couple of days here, and they figure by next week nobody will remember what a bunch of crazy maniacs they were on this whole collusion issue. And I, I think that's really where we are, um, that they plan to just move past this and pretend like nothing really happened, that they weren't really trying to convince the American people for over two years, really, that there was a terrible Russia collusion that happened that cost Trump the or cost Hillary the election. They were going to act like it didn't even happen. In fact, they're they're gaslighting in epic fashion by suggesting that it's really the other way, meaning that they did a great job and we should all be thankful for the great job they did. You know, it, it would be fun to live in such a crazy town, but that's the town that they live in. Crazy town. 
Jen. Fantastic show. I find it interesting that now we are proven correct with the Mueller report. There's nothing on my Facebook page about it. If it had been the other way around, I know my Facebook page would have been full of stories with gloating Dems. Well, Jen, I'm sure that's probably true. And yes, it, it is. It is the case that, you know, we're not seeing a lot now that uh, not seeing a lot about this in some news outlets. But we were right, Jen. And that's very important. Do not let that one sort of slip away. Uh, we were right this whole time, despite the fact, you know, here you are listening to a radio show. I, I don't have a, a newsroom with hundreds of reporters. I don't have billions of dollars of resources at my disposal. I don't have any of these things, but I knew all along that we that this day was coming. Did You never had me a single day on this radio program where I said, maybe, you know, maybe there was collusion. Maybe, maybe the, the criminal conspiracy to thwart the election was real. That never happened one day. And if the evidence had been there, I, I would have said to you guys, I, I could be wrong on this one, but never one day. So how is it that I'm able to have certainty on that issue and all these other people not only have certainty in the in the wrong direction but refuse to admit that they had that wrong certainty later on well because the mainstream media is full of overpaid crybabies who aren't really interested in in ethics and aren't really interested in the truth Uh, they have an agenda their agenda is largely about their own identity their own uh, prospects and and pay and careers and and their their privileged place in society and then also the ideas that the left supports. So you know someone like uh, like Brian Stelter over at CNN, uh, he's like, uh, how do I get the biggest contract possible at CNN? How do I make Uncle Jeff happy, Jeff Zucker? And also, how do I make sure that when I go to the CAA holiday party that everyone's going to be really nice to me? Well, we know what the answers to those questions are, or we know what what the moves are in response to those desires. So there you have it, Jen, courtesy of Brian Stelter himself. Uh, I I think I've told you this, but Stelter's the only person whoever interviewed me got crushed in the interview because he tried to come at me on something. He tried to come at me on, on terrorism analysis and just had no idea what he was talking about. And uh, it was, he also is somebody who had to redo interviews ahead of my interview several times. He has very, very weak on-air skills and refused, uh, refused to even have the decency to tell me that they pulled the interview for a Sunday. They interviewed me on a Friday. It was supposed to air on a Sunday. And I asked them because I said, if I'm going to promote it Sunday morning on social media, please let me know if this is not going to run. And I asked them, they said it was running and then it just didn't run. And I knew it wasn't going to run because he got slapped around, which is the way it would go every time. Uh, let's see. Oh, Buck, Buck, why do you want to slap me around? That's so mean. It's like so violent of you. Richard, while McConnell is preparing to put the Green New Deal to a vote in the Senate, How about we go ahead and vote on expanding the Supreme Court as well? It's the Democrats' idea. Let's take care of it now, and Trump can appoint two new justices. Well, Richard, I I think I understand your your sentiment here, but I don't think that we should take the Democrats' willingness to destroy our Democratic institutions and, and and, and beat them to the punch by messing them up ourselves. And, And that's not how we do things. We have principles, Richard. I know there's a fight fire with fire ethos that sometimes we have to embrace. But on this one, I think it's better off if we just 
if, if we just stick to stick to being right. Joe writes, Buck, I'm in D.C. for the week. Can I get a picture with you? I want to make my brother jealous. He's a huge fan. Joe, I would love to say yes, but unfortunately tomorrow, my man, I'm heading down to El Paso, Texas. So I'm actually not going to be here, and I did not get this in time. But uh, I appreciate the the offer, the thought, and I wish I wish I could make it happen and tell your brother thank you so much for listening to the show. But unless you happen to be on the next flight to El Paso, my friend, I'm not, I'm not sure we're going to be able to make it happen. Karen, hey, Buck, I love your show. Just want to tell you that. Also wanted to make a comment about the comfortable clothes for men. Recently, I purchased some stretchy denim pants for my husband from Costco a few days after he wore them. He requested at least three more pair. The lady at the check stand said, finally, guys are getting on board. It was hilarious. Karen, a little bit of stretch in the fiber just makes things more comfortable. It's just true. And your hubs figured that out. You know, comfort is comfort. You know, it's like food that tastes good, tastes good. People can try to fight it. They can try to come up with all kinds of other explanations, but people want to be comfortable. And uh, I'm one of those people that wants to be comfortable. So I, I like those stretch. I wear sweats a lot. I'll tell you, I'm not exactly when no one's around. I'm not exactly a fashion plate. So I'm, I'm very into really comfortable sweats. Misty. Hold on a second. Misty, it's loading up. Hey, Buck, would you please make the sound bites with media also available for us to share? They're hilarious. Shields. Hi, um, Misty. I would like to. I don't really know how we would do that. I, I can tell you that. One thing that you could do is obviously clip them off the podcast of the show. Uh, so you could just go to those parts of the show in the beginning of the segment and then just record it yourself to an MP3. Um, otherwise, I don't really know. Uh, Producer Mike could probably post it on Facebook. I'll, I'll ask him. We'll see. Uh, but thank you, Misty, for writing in. Gina, or is it Gianna? I think it's Gina. Hi, Buck. So, listening to you extolling the virtues of man Lululemon. Okay, okay. So, I, uh oh, here we go. So, I get being comfortable. I wear leggings and flowy large blouses for comfort, but your man license is in question with the Lululemon yogas in your closet. On the upside, you mentioned Under Armour as an alternative. See, that's what I'm talking about. Keep it real, Buck. Keep it real. Oh, and by the way, it's pronounced Gina. Shields high. Up. She, she knew that I was going to go there. And she beat me to it. Well played, Gina. Well played. All right, team, that's it from today here in Washington, D.C. Honor and privilege to have been with you this time. Please share the podcast with a friend. I'll be talking to you tomorrow, same time, same place. Shields high. Don't you just love it when you find a $100 bill inside a jacket you haven't used for ages? It's a great feeling, right? Well, imagine finding hundreds of dollars in the papers that are sitting in your filing cabinet or in those boxes in your attic. You know, from that old 401k paperwork from the job before last, the one you forgot about. While that money's just sitting there gathering dust, it could be working much harder for you in a precious metals IRA. My friends at Noble Gold can see if you qualify and they'll do all the heavy lifting for you. Could make you thousands and cost you nothing. Give Noble Gold a call at 877-646-5347 or text my name, Buck, that's B-U-C-K, to 511-511 and receive their free investor's guide. Plus, for all qualified IRAs above $20,000, they'll include a complimentary rare graded Morgan Silver Dollar valued at $150. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com or text Buck to 511511. Individual results may vary. Invest wisely. Standard tax rates may apply.